Welcome to The Viz Show. Um, I'm so excited today to have my guest, Katherine Skinner. Um, oh gosh, where do I start? Author, coach, a minister, <laughs> um, a very interesting life. Um, when I say authors, because she has a book called Bump and Grind, and I just finished it, and I loved every minute of it. Aw, thank you. So welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. This is like our first solid hangout, which it I think really is also is. very cool. <laughs> yes, and you brought watermelon, which I did. is lovely. Watermelon has played a very significant role in my summer. Mm. It's been at all my best moments, so I figured Aww. it was fitting to bring it here today. Oh, that's nice. Well, it's very refreshing, and it is, what is its season? It's peach season, too. Yeah, I'm real excited yeah. about that. I, w- I want to do some peach. of the things that I've done with watermelons with peaches moving into peach season now. So, <laughs> What can you do with peaches? Mm. Everything. You can bake them. You can put them in pies. Pies. You can poach them and then like serve them with whipped cream. You can listen to the presidents of the United States of America <laughs> you while you're making, eating a peach. 100%, yes. Isn't that song about... Yeah, it's about stuff. It's definitely not about peaches. <laughs> um, and your book is not about peaches. <laughs> no, but kind of. <laughs> yeah, it has a slight twist. It's very racy. Um, when I read it, I just... It, was, it like flew by. Amazing, like a, that's great. Yeah, like a good conversation. All of a sudden, I'm reading it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like halfway done. Um, it's It was such a great, fun read. All the characters, the main character, Karen, which is hilarious because <laughs> yeah. that's my mother's name. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, yeah. She um, was a Karen before Karen was a thing because I actually okay. finished this book in like 2017 and have just been sitting on it. Since oh, then. wow. Yeah. I almost didn't publish it because I was like all up in my head about it. Mm-hmm. But then I had started to write two other books and felt like I couldn't progress with either of them because I felt like a fake having completed a book that was just sitting on my hard drive or whatever right so yeah yeah but Karen gets into a lot of trouble in my book (laughs) so is I could relate to her identity a lot um first off what pushed you to actually make it make a move and make it into a novel so the book kind of came out of my need of a new way to creatively express myself Mm -hmm. because I I lived in Toronto for 20 years and when I was in the city I I guess I was both an event producer and an actor and I collaborated with a friend from theater school and we started this cabaret burlesque company and we performed in Toronto for 11 years and we toured Canada for some of that time and we had this amazing collective of artists who worked with us and it was like guys and girls and in between and like sexy adult theater with some circus and amazing yeah I was our artistic director and the MC of our shows so it was kind of my job to like ease the audience into this kind of sexually charged atmosphere but it was also really inclusive environment so our parents could come to the shows and like we had friends from the fetish community who created safe space coming out to see us and so after we all retired because everyone started having babies and our priorities were shifting and we we made the call to like go out on top before things got a little bit you know uninspired And then my family moved to the Niagara region and I needed something else to do creatively. And I've always written, like, since I was little. Mm -hmm. So I started creative writing classes with this awesome guy named Brian Henry who's based in Burlington. 
and it was me with a whole bunch of like sweet older people in, in the middle of the day <laughs> playing with creative writing and this novel actually kind of came out of that class and I wanted to write a women's fiction book that was like a fun beach read but for like sex positive I guess, kind of feminist females. So I came up with this idea for this erotically charged burlesque superhero story (laughs) that was sort of like the origin story for this girl who kind of moves her way through her own self-esteem issues into her own power. And that was that. So I wrote it slowly. Um, And part of how I wrote it was by reading each chapter that I finished to my partner at the time. And then our family kind of came apart in 2018. And so I think that was part of the reason why I didn't publish it for a long time. Because it was a really strong attachment to him in that space. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things are way better with all of us now. So I, I don't know. I just, it had to happen. I had to do it so that I could just, like, be able to step into my writing life in a more authentic way, I think. Right. Oh, that's interesting. I have so many questions. <laughs> Ask them all. <laughs> first off, is this your first book? This is my first fiction book. I have okay. another book that I published in 2016, I think. Um, and it is a nonfiction book for cis hetero males called Keeping It Up. And it's a relationship guide to keep their sexual relationships and their romantic relationships spicy and interesting. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I, I want to get into that one next. <laughs> it's fun. I haven't read it in a long time and I bet I'd be somewhat horrified by it now, but <laughs> it's all right. I think there's some good information in there. I want to redesign yeah. the cover because the cover doesn't feel like it's authentic to me anymore, but yeah, yeah it, it exists. At the time it was, it was, um, something that you did. And you... It was actually honestly like just an experiment to see how self-publishing went Right. And like what I could do with my writing. So, but it's not, I mean, it's okay. You can, you could look at it if you wanted to. I wouldn't be horrified by it. I I love the tongue in cheek banter (laughs) in your, um, in your book. Um, there's lines in there that I want to use myself (laughs) by all means. Yeah. Um, I wrote them down, but I don't have them. Um, but the, um, what was I going to say? I know it's it's tough with a project that you're doing and you are with a partner and then, you know, a lot of your creativity or you, you lean on them to be there for you and then all of a sudden they're gone and it's like it's all up to you yes. to do it. Yes. Which kind of relates to Karen, the character. Exactly. <laughs> um, which is funny. Did you switch that up a bit? To relate to yourself, or was it already no, like that? That was already that was always her path. But actually, I love that you were making that connection right now because I don't know that I even had made that connection until you said that. Okay. And I think it required me like stepping into my own power before I could even contemplate actually putting this book out there. So yes, thank you for that little Please. zinger this morning. <laughs> yeah, because like my whole life shifted after our relationship ended, and I really had to figure out how to do many things on my own that I was not doing up until that point. So. Oh, yeah there's a lot of dust settling as you know I know you've like shifted at a relationship too and with children and stuff and figuring out all that new way of being is so intense yeah Yeah, growth isn't necessarily um rainbows and butterflies or even a spiritual path it's very if you're doing it honestly to yourself with yourself I find it's a it could be um very hard like cry I, I don't think I, I cried so much last year <laughs> like I cried and I now I have no shame 
and yeah. crying. Like, and I always tell, and then I realized I would start, when I started to go out, things started opening up. I'd run into people, like friends or who are in relationships and they're not having a good time. Like they're just, they would come to me and yeah. start crying. Yeah. And I'm like, I've, I've held so many people this week <laughs> I mean, um, who's crying in my arms and I'm just helping them. And I feel like it was probably because I've been through my own thing and I'm a lot stronger yeah. from going through this hell of growth. Yeah. Growth, from, I think the best growth is the stuff that hurts the most actually. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. And not a lot of people make it through. No, or they don't. I mean, there's, I think, there's opportunity in these moments of collapse and chaos where you can really just like shed skin that you don't need anymore. And I think there are a lot of people who shy away from that work because it's like really scary. It's and I hard. think one of the most cleansing things for you or me or two is like writing. Yes. Like, oh my God, is yes. that like a lifesaver for you? Writing is such a lifesaver for me that I've turned it into a therapeutic practice that I offer other people. Oh, that's one I want to do that. I so want to do that. I would this. love to do that with you actually. So, um, I stepped into this journal therapy space towards the end of 2019 because mm-hmm. I wanted to find a way to, um, offer healing and therapeutic treatment to people. Uh, but I also needed to lean on some of my own tools that I knew worked for me. So mm-hmm. I did some training in cognitive behavioral therapy and something called acceptance and commitment therapy. What is that called? Cognitive behavioral therapy. So essentially it's just training your brain to think differently. You're rewiring your cognition. Which is hard to do. It is hard to do, but it's totally possible. It's totally possible. I talk about it like weightlifting, you know, like when you first go to the gym, it's so hard and you feel so weak, Mm -hmm. but eventually you repeat the exercises over and over again. You develop these muscles and you literally reshape your body and you can do the same with the circuitry in your brain. And it becomes addicting. Absolutely. That feeling of going yeah. forward. Yep, 100%. Yeah. And so I, I use writing plus these oh. tools to help my clients. So like if I'm in a workshop, we'll work on a theme and I'll give them writing prompts and we'll talk about what we write. And if I work one-on-one with people, I work really specifically with what's happening for them. Oh. And this isn't something I have invented. This is actually like a recognized therapeutic <laughs> practice. So it's right. been proven scientifically to help with anxiety and depression and moving through trauma and... I love this work. And now that practice is kind of expanding beyond that to like more coaching. So I do some spiritual coaching. I think you mentioned I'm a minister, but I'm a secular minister. So it's not about God. It's about just connection to source and like. So personal question. Are you religious? Like, are you uh, same? Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm becoming more and more Mm anti-religion as I grow older. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. I, I mean, I grew up Catholic and when I was a little girl, I really wanted to be a priest because (laughs) I loved the pageantry and ceremony and the ritual. Yeah. Uh, but then I was told I didn't have a penis. So, which I was aware of, but, uh, it was like a barrier. And then suddenly there were seen to be so many barriers in terms of the Catholic filter between me and God. And I was like, I don't think that's right. Like, yeah, I don't think, you know, you telling me who I can and cannot love is what Jesus would want first of all (laughs) yeah so like I'm down with Jesus still to some extent and I I I hold space for everybody like whatever your thing is that's great but Mm -hmm. I think in my own ministry and the work that I do it's about bringing people to the importance of rites of passage and ceremony and ritual I love that yeah in marking their passages in life and like sharing that with their community and their loved ones so celebrating life community yeah like regrowth rebirth yeah 
I love that. So I marry people. I perform end-of-life celebrations. I do baby namings, which are, like, basically baptisms. You know, like when Rafiki holds Simba on Pride Rock. Like, oh, yeah? That, yeah, I do that, too. That is, great. In, that is incredible. It's, I love it so much. I love the work so much. And now that's kind of spilling into my coaching practice as well because I'm helping other people reclaim their faith and their right to oh my. spirituality. I love that. Yeah, and then, like, for the new year, I'm trying to figure out where I want to grow. So I want to get into sexual health coaching and, like, helping mm-hmm. people really embody their own sensuality and sexuality. And I think I'm going to study hypnotherapy because people are always telling me they love my voice. So I think like I can use that as a healing tool as well. You definitely can. You have a soothing voice. Thank you. You have a great yes. voice too, actually. Thank you. <laughs> I've heard that a few times. Uh, yeah, sometimes it's like really raspy though. But that's sexy. People love that shit. I know. Yeah. Sometimes it gets really uh, raspy. I, I, if I, I have a hard time listening back on my podcasts sometimes. Oh, yeah. Or like watching myself. I'm like that person mm. who can't. Yeah. This is something I need to work on. It is, a, it is work. Like, I, I think because yeah. I was trained as an actor, I grew comfortable with that stuff. Right. But I remember my brother and I, when we were little kids, I'm super close with my younger brother. We used to have a radio show that we pretended to have, and we would, like, record each other and talk. I used and, to do that. Yeah. I, record your no voice. Doubt. Yeah. yeah. I think I remember, like, this weird fascination with how different my voice sounded outside of my head than mm. it did inside of myself. So That's so interesting. I think coming to it early helped me make peace with the way it sounds, I guess. I don't know. But <laughs> right. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like all of my work is about storytelling though, in some way, shape or form, which is, I think it makes life so much more interesting. Yeah. I'm a, I'm we a, all have a story. hundred percent. I'm I've everybody kind of devoted myself to like gathering the best stories that I can, which <laughs> often puts me in crazy situations. <laughs> yeah. I have, I, I end up in the weirdest scenarios sometimes. Like, I don't know, the other night I saw you, I won't say exactly what happened but you met me in a kerfuffle it was a kerfuffle for sure it could have been like in one of your books like as a story yeah um but I also like that there was like a natural support that just happened there yeah (laughs) it was just like stepped into each other and like hey I don't know you but I've got you here I know um yeah it was one of those things um which is I'm my head is wrapped around it now I can totally I know what happened and it was totally yeah whatever but you know I think there's this thing that we need to talk about for a second which is like this idea of women supporting women because that's a huge theme I explore in all of my work that I'm doing like fiction wise I love writing about women's relationships because I have had some of the most profound relationships in my life with my female friends and I love women like genuinely and there are some women who are just like really competitive and petty and shitty but I you know, I feel like I left that behind in childhood when I dodged all the neighborhood bullies and then was kind of just like, well, where are my people? Because surely there are yeah. more awkward, quirky, kind of different girls who are just going to be amazing <laughs> as they blossom and grow into themselves. And I have always had this beautiful network a, of what, women. What a waste of, uh, you know, your womanhood to be that person. 100%. Uh, as I get older, like... I'm, reaching my 40s um I I and I have a daughter mm-hmm. you know who I'm raising and she's very she's got a tomboy-esque about her yeah. but that's just her who knows what's gonna happen she could be whoever she wants I yeah. won't care um I have that side too like I have this side but then I have I, and I always have loved my girlfriends I grew up as an only child so mm-hmm. like most of my friends you know my girls are like my sisters yeah you know yeah. and I just love spending time with them and 
um being there for them like I will talk about your pro like I'll be there for you and listen to your problems and all that stuff like I just I don't know I just care when I care I care yeah you know yeah my circle I can't have too many um people in because it's very I care a hundred percent yeah, and you I know. think I think we have to be attentive to how we expand. Expand. That's not a word. <laughs> Expand. I am. A, I don't know. A writer. Expend our energy. Yeah, um, I love that though. That you uh, are like that. I love that. <laughs> I think I've stepped more into that over the last couple of years. This pandemic yes. shit has been like a spiritual pilgrimage oh, into my own psyche and soul. It's been a mind fuck. <laughs> yeah, but let's just like put it clearly. Yes, like, it absolutely has. Um, but I think I've done some of my most rigorous growing over the last yeah. three years. So I guess there are lots of ways in which I'm grateful for it. What it, what it was one thing you learned about yourself? <laughs> okay, so this is the hugest thing and this is okay. if I can teach the people that I work with nothing else beyond this, this mm-hmm. is the most important lesson I think I will ever learn in my life. So I'm a super romantic person. I love love. I love passion. I love sex. Like why wouldn't we? I I don't know. How, why people, deny yourself of that? I hundred percent agree. But I hundred percent agree too. I think I've been locked into this codependent notion of relationship for much of my life, where you have yeah. this idea that someone else is going to complete you, and it's just going to be you and them against the world forever and ever. You find that's a little old school nowadays. Yeah. Well, this is my big revelation, right? Like I am the person I've been looking for all my life. <gasps> I just had an aha moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, this is it. It's Everything I have ever wanted or needed from someone else, if I get that from myself first and foremost, then I am fully embodied, fully empowered. Uh, and it's not always easy. Like, it's a practice for sure. I have to remind myself every day that this is how I want to live because there's so much conditioning that makes us not seek that. That's the thing with that is, like, I think there's this stigma that when you realize something, like, it's locked in your head. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to continuously remind yourself. Like, I have to continuously remind myself, like, every day. Yeah. Like, this is, you know, because things get in the way, you you know, whatever happens. Like, your kid spills, my kid spills her milk all over, and I'm just like, ah, you know. And then someone knocks on my door, and they give me a bill. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just like, ah. Yeah. (laughs) Life can get crazy. And my landlord messages me, and she's like, I'm moving back in my house. I broke up with my boyfriend. You need to leave in three months. Uh, and then, so like life will turn around and change in an instant, like everything can just change. And there's one thing for certain is like life is forever evolving. Yes. Moving, changing. Yes. And there will always be taxes. Yes, that's true. (laughs) And, and I guess like the second best lesson is just being aware of how energy ebbs and flows and like how, if you are grounded and you're living in your own authenticity, everything seems to just work out like eventually yeah you have and to be patient with yeah. yourself presence is super important too like oh yes being able to be right here right now rather than worrying about what's going to happen later or what has happened in the past that is exhausting and difficult to do but it's like the most rewarding but it's a practice yes exactly. and if you practice it like i do and i feel like you do yeah because we're here in the moment yeah it becomes vi- it becomes so nourishing and vital and it's almost healing and you come out of it knowing more than what you came in absolutely you know so have you so, have you noticed that as you're stepping into this awareness you're meeting different kinds of people than you have in the past not only am i doing that people from my past are leaving yes and yes it, and i could take and and i am taking it in the most realistic way 
spiritual way that I can. Yeah. But and new people are entering. Yeah, it's magical. Yes. <laughs> so I, I that that is something so fascinating to me. I um, I really honestly I see that I noticed that. Yes, me. Speaking of entering. Hello, girl. Yes, I accidentally spilled some of my juice on the um sheet. Okay, that's okay. But can you, um, it's just a little bit, don't worry, but also, there's just two, um, two stains. Okay, well, we'll get that later. Okay, yes, so can okay. you get me some more juice, please? Yeah, there's a juice box in the fridge. You want to do that? But I am still Okay, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, sorry. That was like... <laughs> Such prophetic timing. You were literally just talking about her spilling something and then she came in and announced. I okay, so here's another thing. You're a powerful manifester, I think. I am uh yeah. (laughs) I actually I feel like I am. And I'm not saying this to sound like better than anyone else or cocky or anything like that. It's something I've always I think I've always had, but as I get older, um it's, I don't, I can't explain it. I can't explain, but I've met people who are in this spiritual realm who are, call themselves psychics or good witches, and they stop me and they tell me that I have something. That's always a nice thing to hear, isn't it? It's very interesting. I can't be like, oh my gosh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I'm Karen <laughs> in your book, <laughs> which I encourage um, a lot of especially like teenagers and stuff to read as well. And even for me, like in at my age, I I felt so empathetic to Karen and the way how she feels about just the little things, her thoughts. I'm like, I'm not the only one who thinks like Aww. that. <laughs> like those little doubts she has in her book, in your book. Yeah. It's like, um, what was the one part? I was like, oh my gosh. She's like, oh, they're not going to accept me or like, oh, the show's over or whatever, right? I'm like, that's exactly how I think. If someone approaches me and says something and I'm like, are they really thinking that? Are they telling me it's, it's over? You know, like Like that second guessing everything. Yeah, Yeah, totally. I had, um, so when you write a book, you usually have a few people beta read for you before you put it out to the world. So you get like some unbiased feedback about the story and the characters. That would be so interesting to That's my other job also. Like that's another Uh, business that I have. You're like a chameleon girl. Oh, I'm. I love it. I can't stop doing all the things. But uh, I had a dear male friend who's a great, like he's super intellectual, very brilliant. I had him read the book because I wanted a male perspective and Mm. he was deeply frustrated by Karen's inability to recognize her own worth. And he was like, I don't believe this. Like, I can't buy that anyone's like this. I was like, dude, talk to every girl you've ever met. I'm not joking. Like, I promise you, like some of her self-destructive choices and like bad lovers, like all of that stuff is real. We do it all the time. Yeah. And you get, and you get, um, (laughs) just yell from the kitchen. We're taking a small juice box break here. We got to tend to our little tribe of humans. <clears throat> it's Ooh. inevitable, no matter how much I tell Ivy, who's five, that 
I'm like, I have a guest coming. She she wants to make her appearance. Of course she does. So here's a girl she? who's the complete opposite of Karen is my daughter. <laughs> like, well, that's no self doubt, no nothing at yeah. her pure age of five. Um, she's completely confident in so many ways. It scares me. <laughs> I wish there was but a I, magic spell we could put on them so they could contain and retain that forever. Yeah. Oh, nice? I know. Just put them in a bubble where they're, like, untouchable by the world. Yes. I have two teenage daughters, too, um, and they're not my biological kids, but I told you this, and we can talk about it if you want. But uh, I, Yeah, I, I want was... the world to know, <laughs> and as if the world is yes. listening, and you never know. <laughs> you do never know. I find your life so fascinating. Um, reading that article, it was in the Globe. Yeah, yeah. So I was in a polyamorous relationship for 10 years with two partners, a uh, male and female partner. And when I met them, they had these beautiful daughters who were three and five years old. Um, and to be honest, I fell in love with the girls first. And then we all became dear, dear friends. And like, I was not polyamorous when I started this relationship. I knew I was like, at that time, I thought I was bisexual. I think I'm pansexual, really. But um, I knew... What's you know, pansexual? Pansexual is like you don't choose necessarily based on gender. It's just you connect right. with people based on their energy and their oh, essence. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I don't know. I was looking for, I guess, a sort of conventional relationship. I'd been married before, but it didn't feel totally right for me either. So... Yeah. Um, I met these people. We became dear friends. We spent like a whole year together just hanging out and enjoying each other's company. And then eventually it kind of evolved into this thing that we did. But in order to do it, I was very clear that I wanted us to always be able to be out in the world and not have to hide ourselves. Hide. Yeah. And I also knew I wanted to try to have a biological child. So those were my parameters under which I would enter into that. And we did. And it was like... It was so intense and beautiful and painful and challenging. And I, I don't know, I feel like I never would be the person I am today without having gone through that experience. And so we're open. Yeah. Yeah. And like we kept it closed mostly between the three of us for the time that we were together. Um, and it was, it was fascinating. So yes anyway we're not technically together anymore but we're still very very close we do stuff with the kids all the time and now I have these beautiful teenage daughters too who are like they are also opposite of Karen I think in many ways they're very self-assured and self-aware and we have all three of our kids grew up with this notion of like the expansive nature of adult relationships and how you can create intimacy in all kinds of different ways and connection and like all of them know whoever they bring home we won't care as long as they're being well loved and well cared for Because love is love. Exactly. Yeah. Love is love. Yeah. Sounds so simple. Yeah. And so now coming out into the world. uh, Are they still together? No, they're not. No. None of us retained our intimate connection. Wow. Yeah. But you all, do you all get together still? Yeah, we do Christmas. Like we'll sleep at the the homestead, we call it. And uh, do Christmas morning, Christmas dinner. We get together for birthdays and like... Yeah, wow. we go on vacation sometimes together too. So you've created your own family, hundred yeah. percent. Like I've created my whole own world. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and as you should, and as women, we should have every right to and keep doing it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and this is where I am now. So like, I have my son half the time, and I get to see the girls occasionally because they're busy teenagers. But you know, we make space and time when we can. And With technology, it's easy it to is. keep in touch. It it's totally so is. so much. I can't remember what it was like before. Yeah. Where we didn't have cell phones to even FaceTime or text. Like, we would have to wait by the phone. I always yeah. go back to that. I think when I'm, when I'm an old grandma, 
I'm going to be known as, oh, there she goes again, talking about the 90s. I love phone <laughs> calls Because they are still, still 10 years away in my, my world. <laughs> the 90s, like, that was 10 it, years it ago, happened. right? It totally just happened. Like, that just happened? Uh-huh. I'm still living in it. Yeah. Um, but well, that is such a fantastic, incredible story. Did you meet other couples, too, that were the we, same as you guys? Yeah, we actually, like, not necessarily in person so much. I do have a dear, dear friend who, um, her and her husband are very much practicing consensual non-monogamy. Okay. Um, and they are in Poland right now, but we're quite close. And then like, we've had numerous people reach out to us over the years, especially after the globe article came out. Cause right. people were like, Holy crap, there are other people doing this. Yeah. Uh, we connected with this great thruple from Texas. <laughs> no. Yeah. So they now have two babies together and they're, Amazing. they flip houses for a living, I think. And they're uh-huh. all gorgeous. They came over and had a pool party with us once. And it was like so lovely just to have other people that we could relate to in that way. But I have to say like, now I'm having a very difficult time articulating what I want relationship to look like. Right. Why is like, why is that? Well, (laughs) I I think, I mean, I think I'm with you on that. I'm curious to know as to, um, I guess you have, yeah. What do you think it is? So for me, it took me such a long time to be aware of my own capacity and power and capability. Yeah. And I'm at a place now where I'm doing everything for myself. Like, it's all in my own steam and I'm making it happen all by myself and it feels so freaking good. Like it's I, empowering. I love living alone. I love living alone. Like you know what? You are not alone. Yeah. <laughs> On that. Yeah. I am totally with you. Um I don't want to interrupt you. No, that's okay. But I, I totally understand that. I've come to this point where my independence could almost be I don't want to I don't want to sound like it's uh what's that word? Um intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've met people who I assume are like a friend yeah. and they, they think like in their heads, they, they think we're like on our way to a relationship and I've gotten <laughs> nowhere near like, that no. territory. Yeah. And I am in this conversation and I'm like, what is going on? People are just, um, they, different, yeah. uh, on a different path. Everybody's on a different path. Yeah. I'm nice to a lot of people. I'm open to everybody. And so they're projecting all their desires onto you and just like assuming that that's what's happening. And here's the thing, because of the pandemic, I think a lot of people have been lonely Mm -hmm. and now the whole way we communicate and need people has become different. Yeah. And I think that could be part of the reason why I'm like, I don't know what I want in a relationship because the world is just so different. The way how, you know, there's online and there's you can meet all these people, but you don't, everyone's been locked down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I guess I shouldn't say I don't know what I want because I'm thinking about it and I think I know exactly what I want, but I think for a long time I didn't really think it existed out there. Right. Cause I need someone who's like as motivated and driven by their purpose and who has like their own totally rich life and their own circle of friends. And like, uh, I want someone who's going to co-create a fucking spectacular universe alongside me you know and like maybe monogamy is not a necessary part of that puzzle but transparency and raw honesty really is and like maybe if we do have sex with other people we do it together and it's like (laughs) the thing we do on vacations I don't know I like this is like there we go I'm formulating this picture I see a new book happening (laughs) Mm, yes absolutely yeah I don't know I don't know anymore like 
You know what? I feel like you'll know when you meet that person. <laughs> Maybe. And you know what? Sometimes it happens. Obviously, this is the cliche. It happens when you're not looking. Looking. For I think it. it might be happening right now. Oh. Maybe. Yeah. Well, it I, could be. I have a really amazing connection happening right now, and I think that's it too. Like, it's more important that I stay present, and I think this is true for everyone. Stay present and watch how that is unfolding, and just be there every day to just yeah. see what it will be, rather than thinking like this is going to be till death do us part, or oh. we're going to shack up together, and like no. you know. So I think I would run for the hills. Yeah. Yeah. Run for the hills because I think now I think what's important is the journey. Yes. And yes. once you forget about that and you, all you have in your head is how I want you to be, how I want us to be, this is it. Yeah. But it's not now. No. It's there. How come you're not there? Yeah. It's because I'm here. Yeah. Yes. And I want you to be here <laughs> with me during it. Right. Yes. And, and that is the moments that are, uh, crucial. Like, um, I've had partners who, Always like, what are we going to do? What do you want to do? Well, we should, you know, always worrying about not now. Yeah. And never still. Where is this going? Or just not still. (laughs) Not still. Not like you can't sit and breathe for a second, you know. That's great that you're Um, saying that word. That's my, I set an intention every lunar cycle. So stillness is my intention this cycle. Oh. I need to find more stillness and just see how things are like It's super gratifying and, um, it's nice. It's, 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 it's vital for me. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Me too. I had this really great conversation yesterday with my baby daddy about relationship. And I think one of the things we arrived at was that this, it used to be that the prize was having a long-term relationship. Like you've succeeded if your relationship stands the test of time and you've got like, it doesn't matter how this gold it looks. Platter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter how the relationship looks, but if it's still there, if you made it last then you've won somehow, I wholly reject that notion now for myself. Like for yeah. me, it's about what is the quality and how am I growing here and expanding with this person? And that's be- what you want to do. Yes. Because if you're always focusing on, the future you you you'll grow apart yeah you know if you're not with the person then what's the point yeah what is the point in being in holding yourself to one single person in this world if you're not going to be connected on a healthy journey yeah agreed as opposed to like you know the finish line like, let's just get there <laughs> you know we need to prove to my parents you know that we we did this yeah. our wedding was a lot of money and <laughs> yeah you know the kids need us and but you know not I'm not against anyone I've I've met some very happy married couples the standard yeah I get paid to marry um, people for a living yeah so. and I <laughs> want I want that for people <laughs> on the flip side I've seen the the opposite yes and yeah. I'm like I I don't want that I know I don't want that Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm seeing so many couples like, and we don't overtly discuss this because I think there's still a lot of taboo around talking about alternative relationship, but I know instinctively that several of my couples are the kinds of people who have just sat down and said, this is going to be whatever we co-create together. It's not going to look like any kind of traditional model. On their so, rules. Yeah, like exactly. you want to make your own rules. Yeah. I think we have the right to do that. Yeah. Right now, I'm watching a hand a Handmaid's Tale. Yes, I have. Is it Handmaid's Handmaid's Tale? Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. It is 
ridiculous. Yeah, that'll, brilliant. That'll put you off traditional. Oh man, it'll. <laughs> it's totally like it's pissed me off. It's made me happy. It's like a roller coaster. It's like made me appreciate things so much more mm-hmm. for the way they are. Yeah. Um. I told my friend Ashley. I said every woman needs to watch that show. She's yeah. like, I couldn't get through the first episode. Yeah, I have avoided it as well. I read the the short story, and that was enough for it's me. It's Margaret Atwood. It's yeah. a novel based... She wrote in the 70s, and yeah. they've made it into a show, and it is absolutely brilliant. Margaret Atwood is a genius, and I'm so proud that she is Canadian. Yes. But um, it's true. Like, the scenes are very... I'm a sponge when I watch these things, so when I see, like... People getting hurt or stoned, like to death. <laughs> Not stoned like weed, like but like rocks. Oh yeah, yeah, like the old school. Stoned. Yeah, that's the show. Like it's oh, it goes man. to these moments, but I have to fast forward them or like yes. kind of like watch, but I don't. But once you get past those moments, because I had to, it's worth it. Yeah. 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 If you have the time and the mind frame to to do it, I might. Um, I might. But who is one of your favorite? Do you have a favorite Canadian author? A favorite Canadian author, or we'll just say, I've always really loved Douglas Copeland. Oh yes. Um, I he has a, like a really spare, beautiful style to his writing. I can't choose favorite authors. This is like asking yeah. you, like, what's your favorite band or what's your favorite album? How the hell do you choose just one? <laughs> yeah. Or um, one that, in the moment. You know who I really love, actually? she's uh, She writes women's fiction, and it's generally light and fluffy. But I find her characters articulated in such a relatable way. Right. Um, her name's Jennifer Weiner, and okay. she's a U.S. author, which is, like, best-selling awesome. beach reads. It's, okay. It's light and fluffy, but also, like, beautiful and poignant. She does a really good job of balancing those two. Um, I found that you did in the book. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. I was, like... I was, like... I'm shocked that I'm going to talk to this person who wrote such <laughs> detailed um, characters, the way they thought and the way how the conversations rolled and all that. That's super sweet. Thank um, you. Yeah. I do love writing. I'm working on a new project right now that I'm really excited about. Can, Can you tell? I, yeah, I'll tell you a little bit about it. It's um, It's very much about this idea of like rejecting the confines of traditional ways that women are supposed to be and it's the story of a woman who leaves behind her kindergarten teaching life to become a death doula um and her husband is killed in an accident like right at the start of the novel so she has to like uproot her child from their toronto city life and start over again in like ridgeway oh wow um and I don't know that I'm going to overtly name these places, but these are my inspiration. And she steps into her own power by finally embracing the fact that for her whole adolescent and adult life, she's been able to see and speak with dead people. Ooh, I love it. And so she finds this small community of healers out on the Erie Shores. I love dead people. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I totally love dead people. They're always around. Um, yeah, they can go, they can do anything. <laughs> They're so you know. unrestrained. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike the rest of us. But yeah, she finds this little circle of witches, basically, on Lake Erie. and Lake they, Erie. Yeah, they oh. shake things up and help her recognize, you know, again, this theme of, like, women stepping into their power and their own authenticity. So it's going to be, like, a little Alice Monroe-style nod to magic. And <laughs> I'm all for that. Uh-huh. All for it. Love it. It's fun. I'm having fun with it. I had to hire a writing coach, though, because I'm not writing as much as I should be. 
Well, you seem like a very busy person. I am a stupidly you know, busy you like person. To, you're like me too. I, when I when I, I just got a job, like a real job, <laughs> someone uh, wrote, you're always doing all this stuff around here. It's about time, like, or something like it's, oh, wow, you finally have a real job. Wow. <laughs> I like, uh, yeah, this is a real job, but like, I just like to do so much, so stuff. many things like painting and writing, all, all these kind of things. So with me, I always put my, I always, like, I have this going on, this going on, and it's just like I can't get one thing done. Yeah. So my focus has to be. One thing at a time. One thing at a time, and that's, like, the stillness and all that. That's what I need in order to get something done. Yeah. You have to, (laughs) you have to clear out the well so that you can fill it up again, I think, sometimes. Right. So when you meet someone Oh, you had this post. This was a while back. It's about relationships. And you said, would you rather be friends? What was it? Would you rather be friends with someone you meet before you date them? Or what was it? Or it was like, who? There was a question. Mm. What was the gist of it? Because I post so much shit, I don't even know what you're talking about right now. (laughs) I know. But it was, um, how do you know when you like someone or... What would you prefer in a relationship? Do you move right into a relationship or would you rather be friends with them mm, first? Yeah. Or sometimes you just know. Yeah. And if it's agreed upon, then you can move forward. Yeah. I guess I don't know where I'm going with that, but... Do you want me to elaborate on that? Sure, yeah. So, I mean, I think in the past I have jumped like right into the hot and heavy with people. Yes. And kind of neglected cultivating the friendship element of a relationship. And I actually think for longevity and for deeper connection, the friendship part is really important. Yeah. And like I'm arriving at this place now where I think the very best connections and even like sexual chemistry comes from creating safety. And everyone's going to have a different notion of how safety... Where does safety come from? Yeah. Vulnerability. Yeah, vulnerability, transparency, honesty. Everyone has different needs around safety, but I think if you are with someone who can articulate their own needs for safety and you are comfortable and familiar with yours, then that's a great starting point. Absolutely. Um, The person I'm seeing now, like, I think we were friends for about a month, and I, I didn't even think that this was, like, a potential... Oh really? The, yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize it was a possibility at all. And then suddenly it was like thrown out there as an offer, and I was like, "Holy mother of ten. Yeah, because <laughs> I was know. super attracted to them, but I just there was not a vibe in that way. So I didn't yeah. want to be presumptuous or like you know like push for anything. I'm so there's a woman who's from the region as well. She's an mm-hmm. amazing like spiritual coach and healer, and her name's Jenny Arndt. I don't know if you know Jenny, but. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm a face person. She's amazing. Yeah. And she's been really pivotal in my own spiritual path. So she has taught me a lot about understanding masculine and feminine energy. Ooh. And that's a whole other episode, I think, that we could talk yeah. about. But I... I know. I, I, t- I tend to pin <laughs> off. I love it, though. Yeah. Yeah. I've taken a lot of strides in, like, stepping more into my feminine energy, which is about being able to receive things, right? Rather than yeah. going after shit. Just, like, sitting back in that stillness that you're talking about and just seeing what comes towards you. Um, so thank you, Jenny. Again. I picture you sitting in a forest with this breeze coming at you with I light behind you in front of water. <laughs> yep. That's, that's like a weekly thing. I'm a visual. <laughs> but in this case, like I met this person, I was really intrigued by them and like they're deep and soulful and we were connecting well, but I wasn't going to push for it because I'm like a hundred percent committed to any relationship space I create 
coming to me rather than me chasing So seeing it. what happens. Exactly, yeah. Watching yeah. it unfold and happening instead of being like, well, yeah. hey, can I control this? Exactly. Can I control this? Exactly. Letting go of control. Yeah. Yeah. Surrender. It's it's hard to do. It is very hard to do, but it's fucking beautiful when and you it, do it and yeah. it shows up over and over and over again. Yes. It feels so good. Because yeah. then you can rise to it, right? Like once mm-hmm. once you know that they're invested and that they want to like yeah. be received by you, then it's easy to just be soft and open there. And safe. And safe. Yeah. Safety is slow. Oh. I have to... I'm also being very intentional about slowly building safety rather than just assuming it's there. That's something a lot of women do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot. Even men, yeah. too, I'm sure. But a lot of women just assume... Um, you meet someone right away you don't you have to peel off the layers and that takes time totally yes. it takes and if you want to take that time I think it's worth it yeah I think and so I'm too. willing to do that instead of just jumping in yeah I think so too like with somebody like hey I like you <laughs> well sorry I'm really into you it's like how do you know right now I've seen you like three times yeah I don't I don't know I think that we get really intoxicated so by like chemistry and the chemical exchange. Sometimes we confuse that with things like love and safety. So absolutely, they're all necessary pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. Jenny has this great analogy where she talks about the sperm and the egg as really good examples of the masculine and feminine. So oh, okay, if you're in in your feminine, you're like the egg, and the egg is just sitting and waiting for the ideal sperm, but. It's also like so strong in that stillness that not none of the other sperm are getting in, mm. except for the one sperm. But it's still. Yeah, yeah. That is an amazing analogy. Isn't it Did you hear that, people? <laughs> Everyone, find Jenny Arndt. She's yeah. a genius. I love that though. Next time you're like in a conundrum in a relationship and you want to know if someone likes you, just be still. Just be still. Yeah. Be the egg. Yeah. And don't let all the little sperms get. It's so important to see how they're showing up too, right? Like in my last attempt at a serious relationship, I felt like I did all the chasing all the time. Like, I wonder if I had just pulled back maybe a month into it, if it would even have happened. I don't think it would have. Yeah. My thing is letting go Mm -hmm. when it's not under my terms. Like say someone's like, okay, like this isn't happening. Yeah. Whatever. It's probably stemming from my childhood somewhere. Yeah, always. Of being with a single mom and not having a dad. Always. Always yeah. choosing men that are unattainable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of... I think a lot of women do that too, but um, even if they do have like a parent that's present, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily present. Yeah. But my dad was legit gone. gone. Yeah. He's around now. We're, we're friends and I love my dad. Um, we're great. awesome. He's great with my... He's a great grandpa and stuff. Aww. Yeah, he was actually FaceTime here last night. He was cute. Um, but yeah, there's that thing of like this abandonment thing. Yeah. Right? And which was way more... Um, I have a therapist, by the way, so we're all good. <laughs> Everyone should have a therapist. We should. Every and I can't wait to talk person. to her on the 18th. I'm actually have so much stuff to talk to her about. But... Yeah, and that was my thing, always finding guys that are unattainable. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew they were going to leave, they are going to move or whatever. They're just fun. Yeah. Um, so my point is, is like, I just need to make, you know, I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, there are lots of schools of thought in the psychotherapeutic world that talk yes. about attachment styles. So in, in our childhood, we learn how to attach to other people. 
I've read on this. Yes. And so then we carry this attachment style forward into our adult relationships. And so there's like an unconscious part of us that's perpetually trying to heal relationships that were like wounded in our childhood with our adult intimate partners until we are conscious of that. So then that's when you can shift it and make some changes and really understand your personal attachment style and how you can heal it and like make other choice. But there's something crazy that happens when you start choosing a different attachment style than the one you're used to, where you actually have to retrain yourself to be attracted to those people. Yes. (laughs) Like, Oh my God. Okay. And then I see, I will, someone will find me and like me yeah. and I won't like them, yeah. but they will be so amazing to me that I give them a shot yeah. and then they end up hurting me. Oh. I'm like, oh, what? I didn't like you initially, man. <laughs> <laughs> like you made, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. Attachments, that could be a whole other episode, Yeah, but it's important to know that, how we do that, how yeah. we, our expectations and to, to rewire yourself and let that go. Yeah. Um, you have to be in the moment. You yeah. have to be mindful. If yeah. you're stuck, that's why I have a you know I have a therapist to talk about the past, so I can focus more on the importance of now. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I cheers that. to that. Cheers. Let's do a little cheers. Cheers. Also, you make the best coffee. Thank you. Say. You know why? It's because I worked at Starbucks mm. in Toronto for like five years. So you're a Toronto girl as well. I am. I love that. I say that I was born and raised here, but a lot of my growing up happened in Toronto in my 20s on my own. Um, I started off on a couch on my aunt's sleeping in her couch. No, actually, I started off in school. Yeah. I went to school for sound production in like 2005 or three. I don't know. Yeah, and I lived right across from Church Street in a big hotel. Right, Zippers was across the street oh from my me. God. So right in the heart of downtown, like you know, finding going on to Church Street during Halloween was like an the eye best. opener. Oh my god, my! But first... I was like twenty five. Like, yes, so young, just seeing these people like tits out, you know, yeah. like love and life, yeah. and it was so wild. And like I. I want my daughter to have a chance to see that. Yes, same. <laughs> you sure. know that I'll, life I'll, where my, you my see kids have all seen the it city. Already, <laughs> um, Niagara Falls is a wonderful place. Like there's got it's beautiful aspects of the smaller city, but the yeah. big city is definitely where my heart will always be. Yeah, I always know that when I go there, I'm like, oh, this is it. This yeah, is, it still I feels love. like coming home to me too. Yeah, but like I. I feel exhausted by it in the same breath. So absolutely, I, I can spend limited time there, but I do miss it like crazy. I still have like dear, dear friends who are in Toronto. So <sighs> I've met some of the funniest, most um, inspiring, open people. Yeah, yeah, in Toronto, and I lived most of the time in the beaches. Oh, I well. love the beaches. The beaches. Yeah. yeah, that's where I worked at Starbucks. I broke up with my college boyfriend just at the start of the summer one year, and then my friend's family asked me to house sit for them for the whole summer in the beaches because I was effectively homeless at the time. Oh. So I had a really beautiful beaches summer, tending to a garden and to these two oh. cats. Oh, so wonderful! Nice. Yeah. yeah, I probably walked by that house at one point. Yeah, I think it was on Silver Birch Avenue. Um. That was the street. I was right on Woodbine and Queen. Actually, Amazing. I house sat in Toronto as well, but it was like on Lawrence. Like oh, Lawrence. Yeah, way the hell out. <laughs> way, million dollar home. Yeah. Beautiful, huge house. It was my old roommate's parents' house. Mm-hmm. She was a doctor at Brock and he was an architect. 
they had they adopted my roommate. She was adopted, and uh, we became really close friends. We went to New York together. Oh, she was in great city. <laughs> she was in ballet, so we 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 saw a lot of ballets mm. in Toronto together. Mm. And her parents own this house in Lawrence, and they're like, "Do you want to house sit for us?" Because while we're showing the house, and I lived there for like six months. Amazing. This big, empty, beautiful home. I lived ma- mainly in the upstairs, but Amazing. the backyard, like it was. I got to live, I have these moments in my life where I have the best, best of luck because yeah. I just, I find my way. <laughs> yeah, same. I find my We're way. Like cats. We're just yeah. going to land on our feet over and over That's and over right. again. And then I have these moments that are, you know, I have to deal with what the cards have laid out. Yep. But I always come out um alive <laughs> alive wiser yeah. wiser more fully yourself yeah i just seem to get into these these experiences i think it's cuz i have no brothers and sisters i've always just been independent yeah and i like it like that yeah 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 i have a brother but we both have sort of architectured our life to be as opposite of our parents as humanly possible <laughs> and we love our parents dearly but they they both really needed calm and stability and safety like that was what they yes. needed and that's absolutely what they found they're still together oh i love that yeah they just that's rare i just celebrated that's their rare. 50th 20th anniversary Aww, with them. congratulations yeah. to your parents yeah i i renewed their marriage vows and surprised them with that Aww. so that was super adorable but both kyle and i are like no <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna go and eat all the cakes is what we're gonna do <laughs> collectively we're gonna create our own work we're gonna create our own circle of people and just like yeah eat this life oh i love that you should always eat cake no yeah. matter what 100%. i don't care what anyone says always take time to eat eat some the cake. cake smell the flowers smell the flowers yes i agree 100 percent um when when did you release this book when was it out june the it was june. june yeah oh my gosh yeah and uh, i have to tell you when i came in here and saw this beautifully well-loved <laughs> copy of my book on your table it actually made it me a little teary and and the experience well yeah you guys have really thumbed the shit out of that i love it it's beautiful it's a it's a good hold yeah i I wanted it to be big the cover it to be substantial the cover is wonderful i love those fish yourself if you need to yes many people have asked me if that's me on the cover it's is it definitely not me no oh it could be but i was told that i have to be on the cover for the next one because it's actually supposed to be a trilogy so there are two more books somewhere in my brain that's what i i took from this this was like (laughs) completely the beginning yeah totally origin story so um yeah and then like reading reviews from people on amazon who i don't know who've read the book just like my heart wants to leap out of my chest Mm -hmm. the humbling beauty of knowing that something i've created has like touched people in the way that i hoped it would is the fucking best feeling ever i think so it it absolutely is i know that with my artwork too yeah someone messaged me and said you're like uh you know picasso ish like the you know your style i was like what (laughs) that's that's amazing it's the nicest little compliment ever so beautiful and that's um that's another thing um i've learned as i get older um with compliments you know, people are so easy to not accept them. Yeah. And say, oh, well, you know, oh, no. So you just reject it. No. But there's a, there's an art to receiving a compliment that I think 
you should take as much goodness yeah. that comes your way yeah. as possible. Yeah, Why deny sure. yourself? Because um, you we're, know. we're very quick to believe the criticism that we get, right? Like, oh, yeah. We'll totally take that on. Oh, uh, no one's more critical than me on myself. Yeah, I think that's true for most people. Do you know um, Emily Andrews? The, yes. The oh, she's multi-talented so, human. She's so talented. She's one of my favorite Niagara humans that I've discovered yes. out here. And she came over to my house the other day, and it was like raining sideways outside. So we sat on my big porch and just oh. had tea and talked about books. Like, I love to be able to geek out about books with people. And she's so animated and wonderful, and she tells the greatest stories. But she made me promise in that afternoon that I would start calling myself an author because I was like, oh, I don't know that I can do that. And she's like, yes. you wrote a fucking book. You published a book. People are reading your book. You're an author, dude. You have to say you it. You sold. Did you not sell? You published. You yeah, sold. Yeah. You that, are an author, girlfriend. You I did, did it. All. And she was like, you change your status right now on Facebook. Change it from coach <laughs> to author. I'm going to watch you do it. And she just like literally made me. And she's like, start introducing yourself that way. She said, I had to do the same with my art. Like I had to tell people I was an artist once and for all. And Absolutely. Like you have to just step into your creative path or no one's going to believe you because yeah because there's a thing in our brains that says I'm a fraud yeah I'm a fraud yeah I'm not real yeah I'm not like that person yeah I'm a fraud like am I a fraud artist someone's gonna discover yeah someone's gonna know that all the shit I've been through to get this way or that I denied myself to even do this but then I let it go and you know but it's it's so Depermentive to not think that way. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't serve you because at all. I think everybody 100% feels that way until you don't, and yeah. that's what makes you a fucking author, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what makes me an artist. Yes, ma'am. You know, I, I I actually had the same thing happen to me, and the person was like, it was a party in Toronto, and they go, "Have you sold your artwork?" I said, "Yeah, you're an artist." There you go. Don't ever deny that. You sold your artwork. You're an artist. I'm like, yeah, but I haven't had like a, I don't care you're an artist. <laughs> you know, like I haven't had this big, you know, AGO moment. Yeah. But still, you know, I've sold way more. I love that. It's true. Like we got to take um, that gift and own it. Yeah. And I don't feel like people can be gatekeepers to our artistic rights, you know, like. Yeah, absolutely. You just have to kind of decide and be. Yes. No, I, I, I don't want any more limits um, on what I can do or what I think or what I want. Yes. I don't, I, I, as women, <laughs> yes. it's good to, to find other women that are with you on that yeah. and not be in a box. No, no boxes I don't want to be in a box. I cannot be contained. I've wholly stepped into accepting my feral wolf woman side. I'm never <laughs> giving it up again. I can't imagine any universe in which I'm someone's wife, you know, like within yeah. that traditional You're your definition. Own wife. I'm a freaking empress. Like, this is where <laughs> I am now. I'm a goddess. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming here and for your wonderful writing gifts. I could speak to you on so many of levels. <laughs> I, I have a feeling back. that we might do another one of these. <laughs> yes, please. Because um, so many, it's been so hard for me to not go off on another topic with you because you just bring so much to the table and I just want to thank you and I appreciate you and everything and thank you for the watermelon (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for having me I really love this um everybody has to go get bump and grind um I it's an amazing read and you just want more I can't wait till the other ones come out no pressure I'll get on that (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you all right